0: Welcome to Lawn and Landscape Radio Network, presented by Sygena. My name is Guy Ciparano, and I'm here today with Matt Geezy, the Technical Field Manager for the Midwest. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Thanks for having me, Guy. We're going to be talking about grub control and some of the things LCOs should be on the lookout for when dealing with grubs. And the first thing is, how does weather affect the grub grub population, Matt?
1: Well, there are a couple things to, to keep in mind. You know. If you look back on previous years, uh, if that's any indication, uh, weather is difficult to predict at best. We've had warm years, we've had cool um, years, we've had dry and wet. It seems like it's sort of been all over the board. And, uh, you know, one thing we know about grubs is that they are temperature dependent. So, for example, a a warm spring uh, is going to accelerate their, their life cycle a little bit quicker. So we might see... Um, adults uh, emerging earlier and then you know we might see that the mating cycle occur earlier in the spring and therefore that would eventually lead to seeing larvae or the the white grub stage a little bit earlier um, than what we normally might see it so it's really dependent uh, a bit on temperature Uh, and then they also like moisture Uh, they prefer to have uh, moisture in the areas where they're feeding so uh, when there is a dry period, they will go deeper in the soil, uh, and um, when it's wet, they'll stay closer to the surface. So they, they prefer to follow the moisture uh, in the soil profile, at least the white grubs do, uh, and um, those, those are things to consider you know, as, we, as we look at how weather uh, affects whether a population uh, is very large or, or it can be minimalistic.
0: How do you know if a lawn has grubs, Matt?
1: That's a great question. You know, if you go out and look at your yard today and, uh, you know, you may not see a whole lot. Uh, It might look green to the average uh, person who's uh, looking at the lawn. Uh, A lot of times it's difficult to tell whether you have grubs or not, especially when they're very small. Uh, They don't actually create any above-ground symptoms. What happens is is as those white grubs feed on the roots, they compromise that root system. And then what you see later on in the summer is the stress uh, that might occur, whether that's from uh, moisture stress or if it's from heat stress. uh, Those are the areas where that root system is compromised that you'll see maybe a a general browning of the area. Maybe it could be isolated uh, spot, brown spots. it's difficult sometimes to tell whether it's actually grub damage or if it's disease damage or, you know, just drought damage. And so one of the ways uh, that I uh, look for is you can actually pull up the turf. And it has, if it has no root system, it's going to pull up very easily. In some cases, it'll actually peel back like a layer of carpet. uh, And you'll be able to see the C-shaped white grubs uh, in the, in the soil underneath that they're feeding on maybe what's left of the roots. So sometimes it takes getting down on your hands and knees to really determine uh, what's going on uh, and whether a lawn has uh, a white grub issue.
0: What's the best way to prevent grubs and if you do get them what's the best way to treat them? Well I think
1: you mentioned uh, the best way to prevent and uh, you know at first it really Starts about having a good healthy uh, stand of turf and so what that generally involves is obviously mowing at the correct height it involves you know having the correct fertility um, the correct amount of moisture uh, and um, you know having all of those things is going to help recovery um, overall but really as you mentioned in the question preventing uh, prevention really is the the key component of, of trying to treat um, uh, or prevent white grubs from becoming a problem. And uh, a lot of that, I, I liken it to, you know, treating for crabgrass. You don't really want to wait until you see crabgrass. You want to treat it, uh, put your pre-emerge herbicide on previously. Uh, and that's what you want to do with white grubs as well. And there, there are some very good um, options uh, for prevention of white grubs. You know, for example, one particular option would be a Celeprin, which is a, a product that is uh, very highly active against white grubs, can be utilized uh, early in the season and provide season-long control, whether uh, an LCO is going to uh, spray a liquid or uh, spread it on a fertilizer. Um, you have a couple of options there. and so. When I talk about white grub control, uh, I really try and, and stress that prevention uh, is the best key. Now, you know, for w- whatever reasons, there are always uh, situations where uh, a preventive option um, maybe didn't happen, or uh, you know, there are a lot of things that go on in the spring uh, from a, a, a maintenance standpoint, and so maybe that uh, application did not get made. Um, you're not. Um, without options uh, at that point if you have grubs. There are options available uh, and um, it it, it does take a little bit longer for them to work. For example, something like a, a meridian insecticide can be used for curative type applications and is effective. But a lot of times those curative applications, those grubs are larger and so it just takes a little bit longer for that insecticide to work effectively. Uh, so really, when I start talking about grubs, it's 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 generally in the preventative fashion as the best way to really prevent them from becoming an issue later on in the summer.
0: What type of follow-up does an LCO have to do with a, a client, whether they're spraying or applying preventatively or curatively? What are some next steps at, after that application between the LCO and the, the homeowner?
1: Yeah, certainly there's some communication that has to occur there, uh, and, and really it depends a bit on the product. Uh, in, in most cases, when we talk about white grub, insecticides, you know, there, there generally is a recommendation to have uh, some sort of watering in, whether it's uh, supplemental irrigation or whether it's in a rainfall event um, that is to occur in the next day or so uh, after the application really what you're trying to do is move that material uh, off of the foliage uh, of the turf and and really into the target zone where the where the grubs are and generally that's just below that that uh, you know that soil surface uh, where they're feeding uh, in that root zone Uh, and so you want it to be there um, when the grubs start feeding and so that watering in is is pretty important now there are some products that where that's not as Critical, And so you have a little bit uh, a better window uh, there where if a rainfall event doesn't happen or if it's a, on an uh, unirrigated site uh, that could, um, you, you know, utilize some overhead irrigation later on, uh, you know, things like uh, products like Meridian have options where you could almost go up to a week uh, with a preventative application before you would need to have some sort of uh of watering in event, uh, and you don't lose efficacy there as well. Acetophen uh, would be another option uh, for for that type of, of situation where you could get by for a couple of days without immediate watering. So, you know, those are always good to add to the conversation when you start talking um, with the with the customer, with the homeowner about really what needs to be done and. After that initial conversation, uh, then it's just watch and see, and make sure that uh, uh, things are working as they should. And um, and really, it should uh, should be able should be really the only conversation that needs to be had um, around uh, those preventative applications
0: with the client. Do grubs only affect lawns, or do they affect flower beds or vegetable gardens? And if they do affect flower beds or vegetable gardens, how should they be handled?
1: Yeah, they they are not particularly picky <laughs> they like to to uh, find uh, any any moist area that has uh, a, a decent level of organic matter, matter I should say in the soil uh, and uh, anywhere that there's some uh, tasty roots uh, they are they are all over that so they would they would be just as much of an issue uh, in flower beds. Um, uh, maybe vegetable gardens a little bit less, but there's still, you know, a, a lot of organic matter in those types of soils, and and so they would be um, present uh, in all of those particular areas. You know, how you treat them, uh, it, it would be based on the individual labels. Um, in in most cases, flower beds uh, and lawns uh, would be uh, treated uh, fairly similarly. Uh, again I would ask you to to refer to the the specimen label for the individual product for specific directions. Vegetable gardens are are a bit of a different uh, um, uh, breed because you're really talking about uh, something that uh, is going to be edible and again it really is going to be dependent on the particular uh, product uh, and what it's particularly labeled for uh, and how you would go about treating those particular pests in those areas.
0: A few last things here, Matt. What what are some things an LCO can do to set themselves apart from the competition when it comes to grub control? Well there are
1: a number of things to consider. You know, clearly uh, it, it's it's really in my opinion, it's really a lot about communication and understanding what the customer wants and what their expectations are. You know, if they really are looking for a hundred percent or really have no grubs whatsoever um, you know then you really want to utilize a product uh, that's going to get you to that point and you know there are lots of options for white grub control uh, if you're looking for something that's season-long control uh, that is um, allows you to you know, to target some other insects maybe even uh, things like billbugs or uh, uh, surface feeders like caterpillars. Um, I, I typically recommend a Celeprin in a situation like that, primarily because of the, the safety that uh, has to the environment uh, and, and other uh, beneficial insects that would be present in those types of situations. But just for the, the um, uh, ability for it to uh, last season long, and uh, really be uh, an effective uh, answer uh, for, uh, the, for the homeowner and for the LCO in terms of not having to have follow-up uh, calls for, for breakthrough and that sort of thing. So it really gives you a peace of mind. Um, and there, you know, there are some options, too. Uh, I think there are a couple of uh, websites that you can go to uh, that you can um, utilize to have more communication with uh, marketing materials for Celeprint and other materials. Uh, One particularly is uh, called GrowWithSingenta.com that uh, allows you uh, to uh, to utilize the different types of leave-behind materials uh, that uh, really can help set you apart uh, from the competition.
0: Well, you just stole my last question, Matt, so we appreciate you giving uh, our listeners that information where they can go to get more information about grubs, and thanks for joining the podcast, and good luck and have safe travels this summer. Thanks, Guy. I appreciate your time as well.